welcome to our podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Um, it's become one of my favorite parts of the week, hands down. I enjoy looking forward to this time of the day with you, Britt. So, I look forward to this time with you too, Shan. Yeah. So tell me what you got going on. I want to hear. Let me tell you, I've got a gripe so huge that I am in fact shocked that I haven't griped to you about it sooner because it makes me so mad. Here's, let me tell you, for the past 10, at least 10 years, I've been using the same deodorant, okay? It does it does the job. I mean, not the same stick. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> I assume you have bought deodorant more than once in 10 years. Right, because you know I'm a sweater, right? Now, it doesn't, I mean, listen, I really have no uh, grandiose ideas that a deodorant and antiperspirant is actually going to not keep, keep me from not sweating, right? It's going to happen. I just don't have, the question is when I sweat, what does it then smell like? Am I going to smell the deodorant or is it going to be like, Ooh, I smell like sweat and gross. And my pits Hopefully are- you smell like deodorant. Right. That has been the case. Well, let me tell you friend, actually matter of fact, you know, who turned, if I had to tell you her, who turned me on to this deodorant, this was 10 years ago. It was, it's a very mutual friend of ours, a close friend of yours. And they turned me on to this deodorant. And in fact, it is a men's deodorant. Who would you think would fit all those that would be quirky enough to recommend to me? Because they were using themselves, a man's deodorant. Hands down, the goose. No, actually, Wow. <gasps> No, it, it wasn't Allison. It was, it was, well, I don't know if that'd be your goose or not. I don't know what this dynamic is, but one, Jody Brown, Jody B. You call her Jody Brown too? I, Jody B sometimes, or Jodes. Jodes. See, I call her Jody B, and yeah. I've, yeah. in fact, I got her a necklace one time that just has a B on it because she's my Jody B. Jody B. I agree. We'll see. I love her. I knew her before she was married. You probably did too. Um, no, actually, our first Sunday at church was the Sunday they got back from their honeymoon. They huh. just got married. Wow! 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 Something wow. like something like that. It was very yeah, like very. They've been married one year less than us because when we started going to the church, we were almost at our one year anniversary. Wow! Yeah. So she had just gotten, she had just got, they had just gotten married when I met her. Yeah. So she had just dropped the brown, matter of fact. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to it. So Jody B is the one who turned me on to this deodorant. It's uh, Old Spice. Wolf Thorn is the name of it. Now you know my secret. Okay. So for years, it's been this. I have no shame in using a man's deodorant. I have no shame at all. It, it doesn't smell like man no it doesn't smell like man it's, it's very sweet smell in matter of fact so a friend another friend of mine who also is a sweater and we've talked about sweat i talk about sweat actually a lot because it's a big part of my life <laughs> she was telling me that she uses secrets like clinical strength something or other and that it really works well and i was like i don't know whatever so i've seen it at the store and it's like for a little stick, it's for like $8. Yeah, it's like clinic. I mean, I guess because they say clinical strength that makes them think they can charge extra for it. Don't get me into that. But I was just like, all right, fine. 
we'll use this woman's deodorant. Supposed to be good, whatever. It's crap, Shannon. It's crap. I stink. I sweat all the time and I'm stinky. I'm stinky because this stinking deodorant is terrible. And the thing is like this big. It's it's worked for you for 10 years? No, no, no. This is the new one. Oh, oh, okay, okay. okay. The new one, the new one I got that's like a woman's deodorant that's like clinical strength, that's like secret. It's supposed to work. No, it's garbage. It's trash. And I'm sweating all the time still, which I expect, but then I stink. I stink. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I can even use up the rest of this stick. I think I'm going to have to trash it and go back to my old, my old squeeze, my, my old standby. Hmm. Here's the thing. I just use like Dove, just a basic Dove. Mm-mm. It does fine. Have you ever tried it? No. From one sweater to another. I smell just fine. You smell great? Dove. Maybe I'll write this mm-hmm. down. Dove. What's it called? Just Dove or? Dove? Mm-hmm. Let me put my glasses on. Oh, boy. We go here with uh, the glasses. Dove um, Advanced Care. Advanced. I think that's what that's. I think that's what that says. <laughs> I mean, I would get up, but that was that would be quite an ordeal. Well, Advanced yeah. Care. Yeah. I think that's what that says. I don't really know. Okay. It sounds right, but it does a good job. I've never had a problem. Well, maybe I'll try that next, but I mean, maybe I'll just go back. Why? Here's my, why did I try? Why did I try to change it up? Why didn't I just stick with what I knew? Because you probably were trying to save yourself a f- couple dollars. No, the, the what's it what's it's cheaper. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt com- I just I didn't know Jody used men's deodorant. That's new for me. I don't know if she still does. She's the one who told me about it. And like I said, this has been over 10 years ago. Jody. Jody B. Jody B. We I haven't you. told her about it yet. We love I you. Will. So that's my gripe. One thing I was thinking about with you is that you have essentially given me a way to do something that I otherwise would be afraid to try. Oh, so I and I've watched, you know, I I like YouTube. And so one of the YouTube families that I watched a while back ago, I don't really watch them much now. Anyway, they would always ask the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Okay, one thing I would do if I weren't afraid would be to start a podcast. And the reason why I wouldn't have done it is because I've got some technical obstacles and challenges that you have helped bridge the gap for thank you Britt what can I say if you got it you got it is putting yourself out there for other people to listen to and essentially to like judge in a way not even in like a negative connotation but kind of because they they will listen and they'll make a judgment do I like this or don't I will I listen again or won't I was this stupid or was this fun and you helped me say or you helped me come to the place where you were like you know what if you and I enjoy it that's fine and if you and I are the only two people that listen to it that's fine and I'm very thankful that you've helped me do something that I wouldn't do otherwise well thank you very sweet of you to say um because I think this goes along with being in your 30s right? That's part of it is just this idea of like, you know what, this is where I'm at. This is, 
this is what my body looks like. This is my job. This is my house. These are just the things that I've got right now. So we're going to go with that. It's funny that it's funny that you say that about the basically what you said was like you create the thing for yourself and your own enjoyment. Yeah. It made me think of this is not this is not a this episode is not sponsored by On Cove Mountain, but it could be because our very good friend, Ian Duncan, who is married to mm-hmm. the goose, Alice, the goose. Mm-hmm. he talks about in his book, actually, about that the writer, the moment that he realized that a writer or an author writes for themselves and not for who, like not for the audience, not in the sense that you don't consider the audience, but you write for the enjoyment of it in yourself and what it means to you. And yeah. then you, you hope that it's something that people can connect with when you put it out there into the world, right? You, you have right. this baby and you, yes. you have this baby and you grow this baby and you put it out into the world and hope that people love your Someone baby. Someone loves it. Right. Yes. And people love your babies, your actual babies. So yeah, they do. people will love this baby. But I loved Cove Mountain, on Cove Mountain. I did too. I read that book in two short days and it made me feel like I had lived a lifetime myself. Like I felt like I was him. Like I felt like Mm. it was me doing all these things or feeling all these things or fearing all these things. And I felt like I could see, especially the things that he talked about with Allison I felt like I could see her in a completely new light. I could see her through his eyes and not mine. Yeah, yeah. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I was just enthralled and I was captivated. Mm. And it just made me appreciate him and her and their home and their kids just so much more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just really. Yeah. It was really we knew Allison before she knew Ian, yeah. which is weird. But we never saw her like he sees her or saw her. I, I assume still sees her. You know what I mean? Like just this sweet, I don't know, like love story. And I just, yeah, well, it was I don't know. really a love she story. Was, she was like the peak for me. It might not have been designed this way, but for me, because I know her. She was like the peak of the book. Like when he, I waited and waited and waited and waited chapter after chapter after chapter for him to finally find her. And when she did, when he did, I was like, oh, finally, I can take a breath. Like I couldn't put it down until then. Yeah. It It was was just really. It was a lot of anticipation. And um, I think I, I think I read it in like four different sittings each time read about like 30, 40 pages or something like that. I'm not sure how many pages there are, but I read it in like four big chunks. Cause I was just like, and even knowing some of the things that happened, I was like, but what happens next? How does this go? Yeah. So. um, How was he going to get out of this? Right. How is he going to get out of this? I felt the same way that you like feeling more connected to him and understanding him more as a person was also really cool because it's like, and I told, and I told him this afterwards, I was like, you know, at the time when they met, you know, I was living with Allison. This is a little bit of background, more background on the goose and gander. 
which is that Alice and I used to live together uh, at her parents' house. And our the original plan was to move out together from her parents' house once, I think once she finished her degree that she was working on. Well, let me tell you, that didn't happen exactly like we had planned. Um, Allison ended up meeting Ian and um, and they got married and we never moved in together, you know, our own place. I went back and I told him, I said, I appreciate the book so much because I under- I feel like I understand better more of your life. And at the time when you met Allison, you know, we had these plans to move in together and all these things and like do all the things. And you just interrupted all those plans and I didn't appreciate it very much. And I, I mean, I like asked for his forgiveness, not realizing how much of a life he had already lived when I met him. Right. And I was just like, oh, well, I just summed him up by this is the guy who's just like gonna, gonna marry my best friend and we don't get to move in together and have an apartment. That's all. Just some guy, some non-dimensional guy. Yeah. Someone with no history. Yeah. Just someone who intruded. Yeah, who just interrupted the plans. And see, what's funny about that is I anticipated him before I knew him for so long. Like, when is he going to show up? Whoever this is, you know? So then once he was on scene, I was like, well, of course, this is who we've been waiting for. (laughs) Or who I've been waiting for. Right, so you're talking about waiting for Allison's husband. Yes, I, I like waited and waited. And so... I don't know. It's just so interesting because how do you put all of that in a book on paper? Like, how do you love, he put his time and effort into that. To me, it was just astounding. And I just appreciated his work so much in it. And and what it comes down to is you have to do it for yourself. Not right. Not really considering to a certain degree, like you're doing it for you. And I think he even talks about like, or maybe he doesn't talk about it, but I have the sense also that he is writing this as a record for his his kids, right? To say, yes, this is the story of how me and your mom bet, but this is also the story of how God called back a prodigal son, right? Because right. what's the, there's like a, there's like another, it's like on Cove Mountain, the story of a prodigal. So it's that, yeah. it's, de- it's definitely that all too, mainly. But then it's like where that journey takes him is meeting Allison. And that wasn't even the entire point of the book. It was just for me, kind of the point, because I know her, right? you know, love her. And so it was just, you know, for me, she was the peak. But really the true peak was when he finally like came back to the Lord. And he said, I wish I could quote it, but like, now I will serve the Lord. That's the true, that's the true climax, but I love a good story. I know. And I, and I love to feel things when I'm reading or watching, which then brings me to our beloved, my best friend's wedding, that friendship. I rewatched it. You did. See, I don't have to rewatch it because I could play that movie in my mind. Okay. (laughs) by itself but what I loved most I think about that movie is the friendship between Julianne and Michael Mm. right like they had this pact they were going to I think they dated but then it didn't like really work out so they made a deal if they weren't married by the time they were 35 or 30 28 8 20 can you 28 Can we talk about that for a second? Because (laughs) yes, let's please talk about that. That is is like not even 
This is the first five minutes of the movie. She's sitting there. She's at a restaurant because she's getting a dish because she's a food critic. Food critic. Food critic. <laughs> and she's she's getting the food. The whole thing is this thing. Within the first five minutes, we learn that they have this pack that if neither one of them is married. And I thought the same thing. I thought what you thought. Surely the number is 35. No. no. The number no. was 28. And I'm like, 28? Like, I don't know if it was because it was the 90s and, like, you were expected to be married, like, so much sooner or what? 22. Right, at, like, 22. But she, but it's, it, she, she's like, yeah, we, and he's, like, she's talking with her best friend, George, and, you know, and he's like, oh, and you're about to turn, you know, 28. And 28. She, which means at the time that she's even having this conversation, she's 27. And I was blown away, Shannon. Like, are you kidding me? You're just ge- you're just getting going at twenty seven. Well, yeah, some people are. So then he gets to call her, and she's now decided what in one little evening it's suddenly occurred to her that she actually just just wants Michael, right? Yeah, pretty much. So so then he's like, Jules, I'm getting married. Oh, like gutted knife in the stomach i'm like falls off the bed she falls off the bed she falls off the bed michael you can't do this so then she goes okay she goes to get the guy but what so what my favorite scene in that movie is when they're on the boat it's got to be your favorite scene too they're on the boat she's got to say what she needs to say she needs to say i love you i love you she doesn't say it the moment they go under the they go under the bridge and the moment passes her by and i'm screaming at the tv say it say it and he even tells her like kimmy says that when you love someone you say it and she didn't say it and i swear i watch this movie every time just hoping that it's different exactly next time yep um and she let the moment pass her by and this is what kills my heart every time is they dance and he sings to her someday someday <laughs> this is the second time we're singing i'm not singing I want to... yes and the world is cold i will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight tonight and he says is your dance card full <laughs> not these days (laughs) yeah that movie kills me that exact moment is such a pivotal it is because he she had a chance she had a chance and it's not just that it's the so they're going under the bridge i they actually shot this thing in chicago because i've been on those bridges they're on this boat and they're in the shadow Right. And then they come out right as the moment passes her by. The music changes. The lighting changes. They had one shot to shoot that scene. One shot. And they nailed it. They did? Yes. They did that in one take. Really? Yes. They had one shot. Incredible. Incredible. But I love, I love the way he sings. Yeah. I love. Got a good voice. He does. And it's just like simple and meaningful and i just have a crush on 
Dermot Moroni. I don't know how you say his last name. Dermot Moroni. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Can except I... for the except for the part when George knocks on the door and he wipes off her makeup. That's the real best friend right there. Oh yeah, her, not her makeup, but her mask. He left the mask on overnight, mm-hmm. and he looks at her and she and she goes. I know that movie is so great yeah yeah someday when I'm awfully low and the world is cold there you go I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight tonight the way he says it tonight and then he keeps on going. Yeah. With each word, your tenderness grows. You can't, you can't play this part. You're not allowed. I'm they telling you, you're not allowed. Me singing. I'll sing to you. I'm not singing to the people. Yes. Um, okay. There he goes. With each word, your tenderness grows. Touching my foolish heart. No, you missed a line. You know what? With each laugh that wrinkles your nose, your nose that touches my, foolish, my heart. foolish heart. Yeah, and then he yeah. Said, and anyway, we won't get it caught up on the lyrics, but um, you know, it's funny because looking back, watching it, there is so much singing in that movie. Yes, you're right. Good, good you singing. wouldn't good singing. You wouldn't good songs, and you wouldn't classify it as a musical. No. But there is a lot of singing. The, car- the karaoke scene, Brett, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> that guy, he goes, that guy, he goes, <laughs> you know what he goes? He goes, I am woman. <laughs> <You know? laughs> He's just holding the mic just like this. He goes, I am woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kimmy, then Kimmy gets up. And oh, sings. I can I can imitate Kimmy with no trouble. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this is what I'm so afraid of: is that you and I are like right here in this moment. We are loving every minute of it, but everybody that's listening is like clueless. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> do things. I do everything for you. <laughs> What's the next words? Something, everything for two. two. But now that we're Not through, I just don't know what, what to, to do with my time. And then the best part, though, is it gets quiet like that. In that pause, and the guy goes, "You suck." <laughs> Just clear as a bell. You and suck. This is when, and this is when Michael falls in love with her even yes. harder. He's sitting there like he's like doe-eyed, doe-eyed. Meanwhile, Julianne is like over here with this heavy side eye, like she can't believe it. Her plan no, completely backfired. Backfired. It backfired. 
Oh my gosh, kills me. We didn't even talk about the epic sing-along that happens in the seafood restaurant. But you did. In what well, we did talk about last another time. episode, yeah, on Warwick, and he goes, the 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 storytelling that he is setting it up is just epic, and he goes from the electric shock therapy room. <laughs> Remember that line? He goes. Riding through the doors of the electric shock. <laughs> there she was, a vision in pink. And pink. Goes, pink. Pink. You don't wear. You don't wear pink. <laughs> and he goes. Sometimes she does wear pink. <laughs> Michael's like, no, she doesn't. But that look of jealousy, I live for that. Just he is just jealous. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that later. You were jealous. I, I was jealous. He goes, and I'm just cra- like crazy jealous, crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy jealous. Yeah. What is it about that particular chick flick that just gets me? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I want to know how you feel about drivers that don't use the middle turning lane to turn, but instead use the left hand or right hand. I guess it would be the left hand then, like driving lane to make a turn Turn. okay so you got so you got four lanes you got the middle lane that's the turning lane to turn left or right into either side of the road how do you feel about drivers that use the driving lane and stop and hold up traffic to make their turn instead of getting in the middle turning lane are you patient with them or are you not no, I'm not no. patient with them. Here's my theory. I'm, I'm not either. Here's my theory. Okay. Follow with me. I honk at people and I'll tell you why. Okay. Not, not, <laughs> any, not an angry honk, but a honk that lets you know that I think you've done something wrong because this, if these bad drivers are out on the road and maybe they hear somebody honk at them and they think, cause I think most of the time they're oblivious, right? They're not trying to be bad drivers, which is part of the problem. They're not paying enough attention to what they're doing, right? Okay, so they're oblivious. So they think, so they hear somebody honk and they go, eh, okay, whatever. And then maybe they hear somebody else honk. Like at another time and they think, maybe this person's honking at me, okay? But they don't understand why. They're oblivious to it, okay? Okay. So I imagine a scenario where they talk to a family member and say, you know, you know, I was driving last weekend at two different times. Somebody honked at me. Okay. It gives this family member an opportunity. If this person is truly a bad driver to say to them, they honked at you because you can't drive worth a crap. <laughs> have the opportunity. I will never be able to talk to this person and say, here's what happened and why I thought what you did wasn't good. All I can do is honk and hope that they hear enough people honking at them over time that they say to somebody, people honk at me a lot. I don't know why. And then somebody in their life who knows how they drive can say to them, people honk at you because you do stupid things on the road. (laughs) And I hope for your sake that these conversations are actually taking place, but I don't think they are. But I can sleep better at night knowing that there's a potential that they're taking place because I know I don't have access to this person to tell them these things that I feel, but maybe somebody in their life does because they wouldn't even listen to me even if I did. 
but maybe they're they're you know maybe this is a person who's some age and their grown child says to them mom sometimes you do bad things on the road that's why people may honk at you and they go i had no idea and they go that's part of the problem you know what happens to me in the car (laughs) someone smashes on their brakes and this is what sarah goes oh shoot that my daily commute, which is 30 minutes each way, roughly, we'll just say it's 30 minutes each way. That's an hour a day. That's five hours. That's five hours minimum just to get to work. Not to mention if I've got to do one of my least favorite things, which is drive to Salem, Salem. Yes, Salem. So at least five hours. It's more than that, though. And I forgot really what my point was. My point is just that, oh, I know what it is now. So at least five hours minimum. And it has been quite the, quite the test of my patience and uh, salvation. So, yes, salvation for sure. But also the idea we've talked about of having realistic expectations. Remember I told you this, this was like last week. I was driving home at like 4.45, a little bit later than normal. And what did I expect? That people were going to be driving kind of stupid. And sure enough, that's exactly what was happening. But because, but because I expected that, I didn't expect it to be a nice commute. I was prepared for it. Yeah. My, my biggest gripe is people who <clears throat> travel in the left-hand lane. Left-hand lane, left-hand lane travel. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's just, it, it shouldn't be it's that for, It's for passing. It's for passing. It is called the passing lane. Passing only. Passing only. If you are not actively passing, you should not be there. Nope. You should be in the right-hand lane. That's right. 100%. Now, my mom, though, she will ride in whatever lane she's got to turn in, even if it's for 50 miles. No. So if she's got to eventually turn left. No. Lana. She. <laughs> Lana. Please. She will ride in the left-hand lane until it's time to turn. Lana. Please. Because she, she fears that she won't get another opportunity for 50 miles. Lana, please. For the love <laughs> of everyone else on the road, there will, there will, there be, will be a time. There will be a time to get in, in the lane you need to make the turn. I promise. Oh, this reminds me of a time. Mm. I've got two stories. Probably one I'll only tell. Mm. But we were going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Mm. Her and I only. Girls trip. Let's go. So we go. And our hotel was kind of like up on a hill. And it so from where we were coming you had to drive up make a u-turn and then come back to get in the the lot yeah okay i'd been driving already for like hours okay i'd go up i turn make the u-turn i come back i miss the turn Mm. i turn into somewhere else so i get back on the road i go up I make the, whatever. We cycle back, okay? I miss it again, Britt. Twice. I'm sitting in the Exxon parking lot. I see our hotel is just right there. 
but I can't get there because I have to get back on the road. And you know, like Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, when it's like in season, you can't move. Okay. Mm-mm. I have a meltdown, a meltdown right there in the car with my mother. Yeah. And I start, I think, to probably get close to crying. Mm-hmm. And I say, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't go any further. I'm done. I had a meltdown. But did I stop there? No. Did we haul our luggage into the hotel from the Exxon? No. I had to get back on the road and go down and come back up and turn around. And I think the third time I might have made it into the parking lot. I can only remember like a handful of times in my life when I have been so done that I'm like nearly in tears yeah about driving because I can't well just in life like I can't do anymore right I made it that way like when I was delivering both all three of the kids like I made it to that point with them but that was understandable right driving into a parking lot should not cause one to collapse into despair I mean you know what it depends on the day honestly yeah but it happened you know it it happens and and my poor mom was not in the same mind frame that I was in (laughs) she was perfectly normal perfectly calm well that's good and all we all we have to do is just get right there but you can't yeah You, you needed some balance driving can really take it out of you you know I agree yeah I want to ask you this is sure okay last time not last time in a previous time we talked about oodles of noodles I want to come back to the oodles of noodles versus ramen okay okay Okay. because of this I'm gonna I have a story for you but it's about two other types of things you'll see where this okay so Back in the day, on Wednesday nights, I mean, we still do this, but at the church as a child, we would do, in the summer, Wonderful Wednesdays is what it was called. Wednesday night activities with the school-age kids, okay? And I was a school-age child. This has been many years ago. One of the things that we would do was go to the pool. You know, you're aware of this. This has been a thing. I did not know. I mean, the, the, the Wednesday night activities for children. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we would do is the pool. So uh, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, everybody get in here. And like our mom packed me and my older brother lunches or like sandwiches to eat. Right. Fine. Sure. Great. So we, she packs me a lunch. I eat it. It's just like a sandwich. I mean, I say lunch, but it was evening time. It was a sandwich. It was just like, I'm sure, just like ham and cheese on plain bread with um, Miracle Whip. And I was like, oh, man. So I eat the sandwich. It's like, you know that feeling when you are like a kid and you're playing outside or like you're in the pool and you eat something and you're so, so hungry. And it's like the best thing you've ever tasted. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I love this. This was my experience with the sandwich. It was so good. It was so delicious. I just... Anyway, and so I was like, I love this sandwich. I love it. And this, I think, was the first time that I had had Miracle Whip. And so I was like, it was a revelation to me. I know. It was a revelation. <clears throat> so I was probably like 10, 11, 12. I'm not sure. So the years go on, and 
and I keep eating Miracle Whip because we eat like, um, have you ever had like salmon patties with like crackers and egg? Yes. Okay. We had tuna patties growing up was what we had. So it's the same thing. You crush up egg or you crush up crackers, you put an egg in it, you make a patty of the tuna and then you eat it. And we would always put um, Miracle Whip on it and eat that on top of it, right? I don't know. So every time after this that I was eating Miracle Whip, I was like, man, this just doesn't taste the same. Like, and so I had, I, I started to wonder was like, was I just so hungry this one time that I had this sandwich that it just tasted good and it's never going to taste that good ever again. Right. I got this in my mind and this was several years after the sandwich that I had. And so I finally, at one point asked my mom, I said like, remember that one time you made me that sandwich and put Miracle Whip on it. And like, I'm eating Miracle Whip now when it doesn't taste like that. Like, I don't understand. She goes, I didn't make that sandwich with Miracle Whip. I said, what? Right. Exactly. My exact. She used mayonnaise. She used mayonnaise, but she (gasps) was afraid that I wouldn't, that when I learned that it wasn't actually Miracle Whip, that it was mayonnaise, that I wouldn't like it. But I liked the mayonnaise better than the Miracle Whip. Wow. The story is that for years I suffered under the delusion that I love, that I love. That's robbery. That's robbery. I know. And you know what? I will never get those years back. No, you won't. You know, it was an honest mistake or an honest thing to do because in my house, <clears throat> we were actually quite divided between Miracle Whip and mayonnaise. My dad loved Miracle Whip, I think. And she loved mayonnaise. And us kids are divided. I love mayonnaise. I think my sister is Miracle Whip only. Thank you very much. Um, but she had thought that I liked Miracle Whip. And so... She used mayonnaise instead because maybe we were out of Miracle Whip. Then she told me that it was Miracle Whip because... Oh, I'm shook. I was shook. I was shook. So it reminded me of you and your mom. Not that she was deceiving you with the oodles of noodles and the ramen, but this same idea of they don't necessarily taste the same, but they're close enough that you could maybe... She just always called them oodles of noodles. It didn't matter what they were called. It didn't matter the brand oodles of noodles in fact just yesterday my mom's eating i'm like what you what you eating she's like oodles of noodles and i'm like but is it really and what did she say what she said yeah and i'm like no is it ramen or oodles of noodles and she's like i don't even know what ramen is lana it's what lana 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 yeah it's what you're eating right now yeah Goodness, I am really just okay. So, growing up as a kid, I ate Miracle Whip, mm. loved it, loved it, just fine with it until, well, until I realized that it wasn't good. Okay, so like it wasn't good. Well, <laughs> actually, I like it. I don't buy it because it's kind of like your spoon thing. There's only one thing you can do with Miracle Whip, and that's like put it on a sandwich. Okay. Mayonnaise, you make things with it. Yes. You make pastas, you put it in dressings, you make things with mayonnaise. You can't really do that with Miracle Whip. No, it tastes funny. It tastes funny. Yeah, because Miracle Whip is very good, I think, on a good turkey and cheese sandwich, maybe. But it's been a long time since I've had Miracle Whip. It's the same butter. 
Diane Keys put an end to country crock in my life forever. Well, it's not butter. Well, right. But it, growing up, we had Miracle Whip and country crock. Mm, we did too. We were country crock all the way. All the way. That Right. That tub was like the ugly <laughs> color. It was like dark gray. What, what color is that tub anyway? It was dark gray. Like green gray. Yeah. And then the lettering on it was like black or brown or something. It was like, guys, you're not doing yourself any favors. But we ate that crap up, didn't we? Yes, because back in the 90s, we were told butter's not good for you. Uh, yeah. Turns out it's better for you than hydrogenated oil. <laughs> whatever that's what's in there yeah whatever that is i don't know yeah i've heard it i've heard there's plastic in there but i don't know if that's true it certainly tastes like plastic um country crock not sponsoring this episode um it's funny because other people i know called it tub butter oh i've never heard that i think sean sean belcher i think called it tub butter i mean that's what their family okay yeah we just always said country crock yeah 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 that's so now that's what we do Mm -hmm. yep there's a such thing as purified distilled water yep and then there's spring water Mm -hmm. okay on tiktok i learned that your body requires minerals to be in your water so when you drink purified distilled water it actually takes it from your body but if you drink spring water it actually gives you what you need instead of taking it from you Uh so just like that in a snap because of tiktok i have gone from purified distilled water a dollar 99 for 24 bottles to spring water which is like 12 bottles for more money (laughs) It's a sacrifice, but everyone's got to do it. I feel like I need to shout this from the rooftops. Nobody should be drinking distilled water. Yeah, tell them. Tell, Shannon, tell the people right now. Okay, all all 14 of you, if there's even 14 of you, you need to be buying spring water instead of purified distilled water. I think purified distilled water tastes bad. I don't notice a taste at all. Oh, Honestly. I have a very sensitive palate. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. I drink, so. I, I, ever since I moved, so I used to live in a place and drank the city water there. Then I moved to a different place and drank whatever water, whatever. But since, um, what year, 2012, I have been on the spring water train, getting my gallons uh, of water drinking straight from that i don't drink anything else i that even use pretty impressive well it's just picky it's just picky is what it is because i don't i when i moved to and was drinking the city water of another city i didn't like the way it tasted and so i didn't appreciate that um so i use spring water and I even you will use spring water sometimes. Like if I'm making chocolate chip pancakes, I will use spring water. I won't use tap water. It, I know that makes me sound really uptight and bougie, but the thing is like, I don't like the way it tastes. So why would I want that water in my pancakes? It is 
tainting my pancakes. I can't have yes, that. Yes, it would be. You can't have that. You can't have it. So, a new convert here. Springwater fan. Welcome. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. Um, and so now, anybody that's heard this. My favorite type? Kroger? No. Springwater? No. What? I actually buy. You buy name, name brand spring water. I buy name brand spring water. Geyser Spring, Deer Park. No, never. Oh, Geyser. I spring. don't like Deer Park. No, I don't like it either. Geyser Spring. Geyser mm-hmm. Spring. If you want, I can go grab a bottle and show you what it looks like. Actually, no, no, no. I do have a bottle. It's got this very convenient handle. Oh, nice. There it is. There you go. Well, very nice. There you go. Apparently, because your body steals all the minerals, that's why you feel thirstier. When you drink purified water? Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you know? What? Who's Gotta to love know? TikTok. Who's to know? Who's to know? Well, that concludes another episode of the BS Banter. It was really lovely to talk to you, Britt. It was lovely talking to you. I feel like we brought a lot of useful information to the people. We really made a plug for my best friend's wedding. So if you're out there and you've not watched it, you've not seen it, check it out. That's all for today. I'm loving you, Britt. I'm loving you, Shan. Bye. Bye.